the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. Um, good morning, everyone. My name is my name's Rachel. Um, we're going to spend a few minutes now just um, really thinking about um, that story a little bit more um, and what we can take away for, uh, from that uh, this morning. Um, as John said, it's from Genesis 4. If you've got um, a Bible with you or a phone that you want to look up the passage, I'm going to jump around the passage a little bit, so um, it might be helpful to follow along. There are some Bibles um, in the red box at the back over there and just outside the door. Um, if you'd like to go and grab one, then please don't worry about standing up at this point and going to grab a Bible. Um, that would be absolutely fine. Um, we're going to think about two points this morning. And then there's a little bit of a sidebar in the middle, which I think is kind of also important to mention, but it's not one of the two important points. So, um, as I've thought about this this week, as John and I have talked about this uh, quite a lot over the course of this week, um, the more I've come to see that what we're talking about this morning might not be something brand new for you today, so I'm just telling you that now. It might not be brand new, but that doesn't mean that it isn't really challenging um, and important for us to think about and reflect on um, what God has to say to us uh, this morning. So I'm going to pray for us as we come to think about this passage a little bit more. Lord, thank you for your words in the Bible. Thank you that when we read this book, we can expect to hear from you to get to know you better and be challenged in how we choose to live for you and with you each day. Amen. Okay, here's the first thing. God has given us so many good things. We've um, already spent time this morning thinking about that and praising God for it. It was amazing to see all of the wonderful things um, that came up. Um, I wonder how much... We recognise God's generous heart and provision for us in our daily lives. The first chapters of Genesis are full of God's generosity as he created the world, he created people and he provided for their needs. Um, All of that in spite of the fact that Adam and Eve then mess up and have to leave the garden with all of its goodness. God's provision doesn't stop. He gives Adam and Eve these two kids, Cain and Abel, And all that they need to live. Um, In verse 2 we see, as John said, that one of them cared for sheep um, and one of them um, looked after fruit and crops. Uh, Both of those things rely on the natural world, the order around them, outside of their control, but still within God's ordering of the universe. Even though they're not walking side by side with God like in the garden... Um, This family is still within God's love and provision. And even when Cain messes up and kills his brother and faces God's judgment, do you see how God shows his love to Cain? He gives him his mark of protection. Oh, there we go. Um, as, As John mentioned, verse 15, the Lord says, if anyone kills you, I will punish that person seven times more. Then the Lord put his mark on Cain as a warning to anyone who met him not to kill him. No matter what happens, both of these brothers are under God's consistent, never-changing character. God is loving and generous. 
He provided for them even when they weren't perfect. And the same is true for us today. Do we recognise what God has blessed us with each day? If not, how could we, as individuals or in our families, uh, make it a habit to be thankful to God for everything that he gives us? Not just the big obvious things in the world, which is maybe the stuff that we've talked about today, but also in the small, everyday moments, the conversations, the people, the smiles, um, each moment of each day. Here's where the sidebar comes in. Do you find it hard to be thankful for what God has given you because you're always looking at what other people have that you don't have? Comparison is a killer, quite literally in this story. Cain gets angry and jealous when he sees that God accepts Abel's gift and not his, and he literally kills his brother because of it. In verse 6, God warns Cain that sin is waiting for an opportunity to take hold of his, his heart. Like John talked about, that God says something bad is going to happen if you let this control you. That anger and that jealousy, that discontentment, can lead him away from God and what is right. And I think that's true for us too. Do we look at the person at work who gets the promotion Our friend at school who gets a new phone that we haven't got. The person on the playground who's just got all of the friends and we've maybe only got one or two. The person who seems in perfect health when your body constantly seems to be failing. Do we get jealous and angry? Do we believe the lie that the good things that they have mean that we are less loved? That God isn't or won't bless us too? God's love and resources are not limited. His timing and his control is perfect. Sometimes it's hard for us to see that and trust that it's true when our eyes are fixed on the person next to us and what they have at any given time that we don't have. We get distracted and we let sin, whether that's doubt or jealousy or discontentment or anger, or some, some other emotion take over. If that's something that we find hard, because it is hard, what or who might help us to remember God's never-changing character? How can we see his love and his provision and purpose for our own individual lives? Because our eyes shouldn't be on other people. They should be fully focus on God and giving our best as a response to the good things that he has given us. In response to God's provision for this family, Cain brought some fruit, is what it says uh, in the Bible, whereas Abel brought the best of his firstborn sheep. Cain still recognises that he should respond to God, but he doesn't give his best. God loves both brothers Still, but Abel recognises his position before God, that what God deserves is his best. This is the start of a theme throughout the whole of the Bible. The firstborn, the best of what humanity has, should be our response to God's generosity and love. We talked last week uh, practically about the things that we can give back to God. 
But ultimately, what Abel gave God reflected his heart. He trusted that God would provide for all of his needs, that God was everything that he needed. So he was fine to give away his firstborn, the best of his his flock. He didn't need to rely on his own work, his own ability to be a great sheep farmer, to look after himself. He trusted that God would. Maybe it's a bit like this. Maybe it's a bit like this. God has given you everything you need. Say that's a box of chocolates, because let's face it, sometimes that's true. Um, Cain gives God back a lousy bounty. That's, that's what Cain gives, the bounty. But Abel, he gives the whole box. Abel gives the whole box, trusting that if God gave him a box of chocolates once, then he can give him a box of chocolates again. Now, stay focused on me, people. It's not long to go. It's just there. Giving our best to God means giving our whole hearts, our whole devotion, our whole trust, the whole box, our full attention I wonder what that looks like for you, to put God first above all things, his will, his way, like the choices that we've talked about over this summer. Maybe it means acknowledging him first when you wake up, prioritizing time in prayer with him. Maybe remembering to say thank you to God at mealtimes for the things that he has provided for you, for the food that you have each day. Maybe it means switching off Netflix or any other kind of TV thing, to do any other number of good things, spiritual or otherwise. There's so many things that can take over our thinking and actions that can become more important than knowing God and living his way. Our grades, our worries, our job, just that little bit more money to feel comfortable. The perfect children... The number of things that we do at church, the number of things that we do in our community, how many people play with us at playtime, how many followers we have on social media. What feels like the most important thing in the world to you right now? Is it God or is it something else? And maybe you've given God all of the, bo- all of the chocolates in your box except one. That one last chocolate, it's a Milky Way, that's my favourite, just so you all know. Um, Maybe you've given God all of the chocolates in your box except one, and you're like, God, I've given you all of these chocolates, but you're finding it really hard to give up that last one. Maybe it's something that you're struggling to trust him with. Today could be an opportunity to ask for his help to give it back to him knowing that his love and provision for your life is perfect, even when you can't see it yet. Or maybe you haven't given God your heart, your trust, or any of your attention yet. You're holding on to the box of chocolates for all you can. 
You're holding on to everything that you have from your life and trusting that it's enough. Abel's reward for giving his best to God was gaining more than he could possibly have gained for himself. Knowing more of the depths of the love that God already has for him, more of God himself, God's blessings and his goodness. What could be better than that? As, as Paul puts it in Philippians 3, it's all rubbish compared to knowing God. Does God have all of your heart or just some of it? Does he fit in alongside some other important people? Your grades, your bank account, your kids, your nice house, your social status? Or is he your best friend, the one who gets your number one attention every day? Because that's what he deserves for all that he's given and continues to give us. All of the good things that he has shown us. He has already given so much generosity, his love, his faithfulness, faithfulness to us. Before he ha- has, because he has already given us his best. God has shown his love to us, first and foremost, by giving his best to us in his firstborn, just like Abel. He gave us Jesus, the perfect sacrifice when we fail to give our best like Cain. All of our devotion or our lack of it isn't going to change that. But it means that he deserves to be number one in our hearts and our lives. And putting him first will mean gaining the blessing of knowing God more fully for ourselves. The one who perfectly loves us, who perfectly sees us, who perfectly knows us and provides for what he knows we really need. We're going to sing another song now. Uh, and continue to praise God, <clears throat> praise God for his good things. And then we're going to move to a time of communion where we can continue reflecting on the good things that God has given us. Thank you, Rachel.